2: This is Internet Marketing. Hello there, and welcome to episode 175 of Internet Marketing, brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. In today's show, Kelvin talks to Joel Harrison, B2B digital marketing expert. All coming up in Internet Marketing
0: so i'm joined by joel um who's kind of very much an expert on b2b marketing and i wanted to ask you joel what did you think was kind of the biggest digital trend in um, b2b marketing recently and kind of where do you see b2b marketing heading in the kind of short to mid-term, so the sort of 12 to 18 month period
3: well, one of the things—it's uh, a very good question. One of the things people are talking about an awful lot, and we had a huge amount of interest in our event back in June, our summit event—is um, the notion of content marketing. And I think content marketing means different things to different people in different places. Um, but I think in B two B, it really is, is looking at um, uh, is looking at all the means of the types of content that you can use and do use to. Uh, to, to bring your, um, your your prospect through a quite a complex sales cycle. In B two B, it's a very very complex sales cycle. Um, often um, multiple decision makers takes a long period of time. and Some companies can easily have sales cycles that last for a matter of months, if not longer than that. Um, and so, you, what you need to do is provide a lot of content to, to, to draw people through from initial interest um, into um, actual kind of often quite detailed. Evaluation of different solutions, Um, and these can be different people at different levels. You can have technology people looking at things. You have financial people looking at things. You can have the business decision makers looking at uh, in different departments doing it. So content marketing is a means of of kind of of understanding that in a different context. People have always produced content, um, but the digital world means that content now takes on a new life because instead of it being push content, it becomes more about pull content. Um, So things like white papers and videos um become much more important it's about making yourself searchable um and and, and getting this content available to people there's isn't a of pushing out as well um you know via social media particularly you know you can you can create interest around things there but this whole notion of of, of, of using content in a more kind of structured integrated fashion for to, to draw people towards you rather than push material out to them has become very compelling and people are really aligning with it
0: and do you think B2B marketers are getting more confident at producing perhaps some of the um, more kind of involved content? Because there's kind of a level of um, complexity and confidence that needs to go into producing a video as opposed to a white paper. You know, most most business owners would feel very comfortable kind of writing about their, their business or service, but perhaps wouldn't feel so confident producing a podcast or producing a video about that or, you know, various other different types of, um, you know, more involved, you know, webinars being you know far more you know far easier to organize than perhaps they would in the past he's so kind of seeing more variety there or kind of people is that a slow step that some people are taking or does it entirely depend on the the marketers in question i
3: think i think it's, it's a very good point you make there um people it is difficult it's very different to producing a, a white paper than it is producing um a um uh producing um um, a video and, uh, these, these are, these are much more technical. I think video is a very particular case in point because video, uh, is very, is a hugely engaging piece of technology, um, or ways of, inter- of ways of, uh, promoting your message. Um, and, and it's very, very powerful. Um, but at the same time, you've got to do it right. And, 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 you know, you, whilst it's easy to write a white paper or commission a journalist to write a white paper, doing a competitive video is much more difficult and it's also much more expensive. So, so um, the stakes are higher, as it were, but at the same time, the rewards are also higher if you can get it right um, so uh, it, there is so uh, are people getting better at it? yes, they are it's it's slow, um, and some companies are better at it than others um, but I think that and I think that, the, that therein lies the challenge brands um, b2 b marketers particularly have been kind of struggling to kind of embrace digital over the last few years. Um, so, you know, the, many of them are getting there, understanding that, that um, digital has to be the center point of your marketing. But they have to think differently again. And, and I think there's a notion of, of brand journalism, uh, of, you know, yeah. uh, brands becoming content producers, um, which is really important. Um, and, and, and that is an adjustment that companies have to make and markets have to make. But it's great for people like me because I'm a journalist. So I like the idea that content and content skills are becoming more valuable.
0: Yeah, you know, very much. And you kind of touched there a bit about um, kind of social media and um, the kind of the role that that has within you know distributing and seeding this content that's being produced. I mean, in many cases, kind of if you talk about B two B, most people tend to think okay, LinkedIn's the, the the most obvious choice. There is that kind of a pattern that you're seeing. And you know, are people as effective at LinkedIn as perhaps they are on some of the kind of more um, you know B two C or B you know. Like Twitter, for example, could, can work in a B2B environment, can work in a B2C environment, whereas LinkedIn is seeing very much more as a B2B um, social network. Are you seeing more of your you know, community uh, making use of LinkedIn, or are they kind of going where the traffic is, which is potentially Twitter or Facebook? Well, I, th- th- I
3: think the thing is with LinkedIn, I mean, I, I, again, it's this very interesting discussion point. LinkedIn is a kind of must-have in B2B. If you're, if you're a business and you're looking to talk to other businesses, you've got to be on LinkedIn. There's no, there's no question about that. Um, how you can use that? Well, that's a slightly separate point. I mean, LinkedIn is starting to build the kind of company page area. They're trying to add functionality to that, encouraging yeah. you to drive followers to your company page. Um, ultimately, they're very focused around the individual. It's very focused on personalized networking, which tends to lend it towards a sales mechanism rather than the marketing yeah. mechanism. But I think it is changing, and uh, I think opportunities are are, are kind of. Increasingly growing. And I did some auditing recently on uh, some large companies. It's amazing how many big companies, their primary LinkedIn group is actually not owned by anybody who works for that organization, which strikes me as ridiculous. Mm. You've got to be on LinkedIn. But I think Twitter is probably a a, – it's certainly um, – you 're able to be more more proactive with Twitter and um, potentially more aggressive which doesn 't always work um, but Twitter is mm. very powerful Facebook can work in b2b um, but I think you 've got you 've got to have a different kind of message you've got to, you can 't talk about you, mm. you can 't talk about hard business messages it 's a great way of talking about some of the softer stuff around your brand and Google plus well mm. you know um, they're, they're, they're,
0: <laughs> certainly an interesting isn't it Google plus i mean because cu- coming from an seo background the the kind of arguments for um Google plus are perhaps potentially a little bit different where it's kind of well actually you that whereas facebook and twitter and linkedin you've got to ask yourself the question is the traffic there or are the actual punters there that's the the question that determines whether you invest in them or not whereas google plus it it's kind of a slightly different one because it's well the traffic probably isn't there but if you can see longer term that the investment now might help you in SEO down the line, then there's potentially you know you're doing it for two reasons
3: rather than just one there. But yeah, it, it's a tricky one. Absolutely, it? it is really interesting, and it's interesting seeing people. Like, I think it was the uh, Financial Times, one of the big financial newspapers. What Financial Times, the Wall Street Journal, just came out and said we've got a million. Um, no, it's 100,000, not a million, 100,000 uh, Google yeah. Plus followers. But the thing to consider also, Barrett Kelvin, you were saying a lot of your audience is, um, is international. I mean, you know, LinkedIn's big in the English-speaking world, but Zing is huge in Germany. Vidaire is the one in France. Um, so there are all these different platforms doing different things in different places and and, and culturally there are different ways of engaging. I mean, you know, we've got a presence on Zing but we're very slow to actually engage in the area. But uh, it's fascinating. It's, mm. What you're seeing is people that and the use of that filtering up as, as people get older, frankly, as the, the, non, the non-digital natives, frankly, um, move out of the business world because they retire, you're going to get businesses becoming more and more socially savvy and things like LinkedIn have become more and more important, particularly also as the, as the functionality and technology changes.
0: Mm. And I know we've got some of our listeners who are in a B two B environment, and some of them are in a B two C environment. But is there kind of a huge difference in the the targeting of how you'd go about targeting a B two B audience versus ab B two B if someone's looking to um, make that move? And are the the audience is more willing or less willing to engage because they're kind of in work time, as it were? Well,
3: the interesting thing that's happening at the moment is that um, mobile um, is really changing the way in which. Um, uh, companies um engage with um individuals. You know, there's this notion of uh, is, is this a thing as B 2 B, is this a thing as B 2 C? Well, well I mean, the boundaries are blurring and there was a, a guy in the United States called Rick Siegel who's uh uh or who's very senior at uh, a Gyro uh, the agency over there and he, talk, he coined what he called b 2 uh Internet app work state of mind, mm. and you can be um, in this uh, frame of mind wherever you are, wh- whether you, wherever and whenever you are. You could be on the bus, you could be at home mm. and sat at the bath. Um, uh, mm. um, so, so the kind of boundaries definitely blurred. It's, it's, it's less delineated between between, uh, between kind of hours of the day, physical location. It's, it's what you're thinking at the time, and you can, increasingly today, you can do whatever you need to whenever you need to um, on your mobile device, be that a smartphone or a tablet. Um, our business decision makers different people to engage with. Is, is, is the cell slightly different? Um, I, I, I still believe, I would still believe that, that it is because um, mm. you, what you're dealing with it is complicated products and um, it can be mm. very large investments um, and, uh, and it often takes some time to make these decisions. Um, but I think what you're seeing is that there is a consumerization going on, but the means of interaction, the means of engagement, are, are changing um, we're becoming a little less formal, um, a little more two-way, um, and that will have repercussions. Um, and we'll watch this trend change over the next, uh, over the next few years and decades. Um, and I think the boundaries, the boundaries, will become less defined.
0: Mm. And I think you're probably right that there's kind of a, particularly in social media, that there's kind of perhaps less of this um, delineated line between. So, for example, my personal Twitter account is also my work Twitter account, and I think that's that's not entirely unusual is it that the, the account that someone would use for business reasons is the same as the one they would use for personal reasons so therefore actually there's perhaps less of a distinction between the two there as well is that a, a trend that you're seeing or is that kind of more specific to people working in digital marketing so therefore like they perhaps don't see that distinction between the two uh, 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 mo- uh many b2b businesses is it quite separate you know how they use twitter at home and, and in kind of the work environment
3: well, I suspect that a lot of B2B companies, um, your personal profile, it, you, you have to kind of play a, quite a corporate line. And I think in the digital marketing world, I think there's a, more of a blurring of boundaries between your social life and your work life. I think if you're in a, a senior marketing person in a large B2B company, particularly if you're international, you've got to play it play with a straight bat, as they say in England, um, with, with a cricket metaphor. I don't think you can afford to be too, um, too social around things. Um, uh, but, 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 you know, that, that, will, that will kind of gradually blur over time. Um, but I think there's, a, there's also a, um, there's a bigger issue around, around that in terms of some corporate companies. I mean, we talked to a guy recently who works in the kind of um, professional services area, and they're seeking to actively the, – the objective for them is to get their spokespeople engaged on social media, so they're, they're key decision makers, their key um, opinion formers, their key experts in key areas to actually be active in social media um, and that um, they need to, these guys to be active, but they, at the same time, they, they, they can't necessarily trust all the things that they say. So there's a, a, a balancing act between, between tra- encouraging people to, to engage with social media, but, um, but not wanting to let them go too far, because sometimes um, they need to take quite close control over the message and what's being said about them by whom and to whom.
0: Mm. no potentially yes and it's, it's kind of in some sectors it's very easy but in others particularly if there's compliance there or if there's you know kind of particularly around kind of yeah like i said professional services where there's advice and the kind of advice that you you would give in a, a 140 character tweet might not necessarily reflect the intricacies that you you know you would want to kind of really get across there as well so i've definitely seen that and have you seen kind of particular platforms that are uh, that work particularly well in p 2 B? so you know email marketing mobile apps any kind of standout examples of perhaps you know um uh, maybe not unusual but you know i mean kind of beyond the, the hype is very much on social media at the moment isn't it whereas i think email and apps and a lot of that type of thing can work very well for businesses Are there any standout examples you've seen of that or particular channels that you've seen work well
3: well the big thing that's going on in b2b marketing at the moment is marketing automation mm. um which is less which is one of the areas in which b2b is actually ahead of b2c mm. so these are platforms which are you could just dis- the simplest way of describing them is a souped up email platform um, that delivers triggered campaigns. It's linked then to a sophisticated analytics engine and increasingly to a sophisticated social engine. So what you can do is you can track people through uh, from the, the, you can track their their whole kind of engagement with you, and you can score them. So you can say you can say, well, they opened a white paper, they downloaded a white paper, that gives them five points. They opened this three emails, and they clicked on this link. Um, oh, and by the way, they tweeted about us as well. And you can give that a, give them a score on that basis. And, and once they pass a certain threshold in their score, you then hand them over to sales. Mm. So it, it basically allows you to be much more sophisticated in terms of how marketing engages with sales, and, and how and the, the resource that sales inputs into. Try attempting conversion rather than, um, the and, and it, it requires marketing and sales to really engage up front and to set the criteria for what is a, what is a lead that both sides describe as acceptable um, because obviously the, the key issue marketing, B marketing over the years has been the failure of, beta, of sales and marketing to actually engage effectively yeah. and this um, really drives that and takes it to a whole new level um, and, and these systems are very powerful. There are quite a lot of them on the market. Now, most of them are kind of coming over from the U.S. Um, uh, the kind of uh, the kind of leading solutions are the likes so of Eloqua, Marketo, Silverpot, people like that. But there are a lot of other ones out, out there. Some some of those bigger solutions are a- really aimed at the larger, well, have the heart and the kind of corporate end, but there are some SME-focused solutions out there. And a lot of the email vendors are getting into that space as well. They're enhancing their functionality in order to, Incorporate some of this, setting some of this triggered-based dynamic campaign type stuff, and then also moving into the kind of more analytics side of the, side of the spectrum as well. So this stuff really provides a lot more visibility over uh, over the sales um, effort, and and uh, tran- potentially can really transform your marketing activity. And it's a very key. Area B2B right
0: now, and in terms of kind of if someone's going down that route of uh, marketing automation and kind of trying to bring CRM in with kind of some of the social media and you know analytics as well, is there any advice that you can give them in kind of how to go about that procurement process? Because like you say, there's kind of a huge difference between a proper full blown enterprise solution and something that's more set up for SMEs. Is there kind of any advice you can give them on how we should go about that research process and making that decision? Because potentially, not only is that kind of quite a big decision that they've got to make, it's one that they really need to stick. They don't want to be changing solutions every twelve months. On that, to kind of take fully advantage of that. So, any advice on how to go about that process?
3: No, you're quite right. I mean, it is a solution. It's, it's marketing automation is for life, not for Christmas, definitely. Um, so, and I think that getting the solution, finding the right solution, um, is 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 a key part of that. But it's far from the only aspect of it. Um, you've actually got to work out if your organisation is ready to do it yet, and 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 you've got buy-in from all the key stakeholders. If you haven't, you're probably going to be killing yourself to try and get this thing on board because it does require a cultural shift. And that's not just from the marketing department. It's from the, it's more important from the sales team as well. Um, so, so that's a key thing. You've got to, in terms of picking the right solution, you've got to understand, um, you understand you know, where the where the different solutions are pitched, what your requirements are. Um, in the short term and in the, in the kind of more medium term um, and, and longer term and, and work out which, which platform will, will work best for you on that. Um, on the, and that sort of things. And there's a degree of there's, there's a lot of usual stuff here, but but you've got to think more deeply. It's not just like about choosing a um, you know, if you, you choose an email, email platform, the functional requirements are relatively limited um, in terms of what you can do, and what you can expect. With marketing automation, you've got to look forward to the future and you've got to realistically take a view on what you think you'll be doing in the next, um, in the the time coming forward and and therefore which functionality you require because there's no point in buying buying something which you don't need. But at the same time, you don't want to undersell yourself as well. So it's it's a tough balance habit i would urge people to look at it because it is the
0: future mm. and in terms of so is there any kind of and I, know, I know that you come across kind of great marketing campaigns from a b2b background is there any that you kind of you've come across recently that you would really single out as ones that if people are working in b2b and kind of perhaps looking for inspiration of campaigns that they can go off and kind of learn from is there any in particular that you've seen recently that you thought wow that was really well conceived and really well delivered
3: um that is, a, is that is a great question. And um, I, I, without wishing to sound like I'm doing a plug, we've actually just been judging. We had the first judging of our awards last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, there's lots of great campaigns in there. I think um, the problem with people, there's a, there's a great misconception in the B2C world that B2C, B2B isn't creative mm-hmm. because, because we can't think of any standout stuff. Um, and the problem is that there's the, the standard stuff you can think of tends to be the the really big high profile pieces mm-hmm. from the um, from the big from the large brands. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we do um, we so uh, but, but I think the issue is that a lot of the, the most of the campaigns that, ha- that happen most of the standard stuff happens. In a vertical sector. And if you're not in that sector, you'll never see it. Mm-hmm. So the stuff that I tend to see, um, on a, on a, on a weekly basis tends to be the, um, the really big brush efforts from the kind of city days companies and the technology companies. Those are the ones that I literally, um, encounter an awful lot. I love the stuff that IBM continues to do. And I noticed that Cisco has been really, really effective in social media they've really kind of punched above their weight uh, around the whole Olympic stuff and they've actually been quite competitive with like P&G mm. um, so, so the stuff that Cisco's been doing around the Olympics has been very very powerful so I think that's something i single out
2: mm.
0: Fantastic no definitely worth keeping an eye on those awards because I think that is a, a great way to kind of if you are looking for inspiration go out and see who's been nominated and shortlisted for campaigns and who's won them because there's a lot you can learn from there certainly I've, I've um, done that in the past and, and been surprised by the kind of how mu- you know how much inspiration you can take away from that
3: Thanks, Kelvin. Much appreciated.
2: Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on the internet at www.internetmarketingpodcast.org, where you'll find show notes, links, and instructions on how to subscribe. We would absolutely love to get feedback, comments, and questions from you. If you want to send an email, send it to kelvin.newman at sitevisibility.com. Also, feel free to comment on the website. And if you'd like to use our voice line number, if you're outside of the UK, it's plus 441273256150. If you're inside the UK, it's oh 01273256150. And you can leave a voice, comment or question and we'll play it on the show. Also, we would absolutely be delighted if you would give us a, a rating on iTunes itself. Well, that's it for now. Andy White signing off until next week on Internet Marketing.